Hello and welcome to FETV's 13th episode. They say 13 is an unlucky episode, but this is going to be a lucky one because we have Paul DC, commercial <laughs> and marketing manager from Cork City, as a guest on the show tonight. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for having me, lads. Uh, there's a couple of good questions actually in there coming there in, Rob. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, some difficult ones and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> So we'll start off with Rob with a couple of questions. Uh, the first one that came in was actually about your playing days as opposed to your current job. So what was it like when Forrest came in? And obviously that first game up in Derry, when I don't know, you had like 13 players or something, was it? Yeah, that's right. Um, so from my own point of view, I played with kind of, I joined City when I was 16 and I played under 17s, 18s, under 20s, 21s. And then I got signed on a two-year contract under Paul Doolan. So that was 2009, Paul Doolan is the manager, so kind of... Uh, was there for that season playing or well I hope he was the manager if he signed you (laughs) (laughs) were you there then no 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 I'd say it wasn't long before you moved as well John was it 2008 yeah they put a year after maybe maybe they brought me in to replace it it, walked out well didn't (laughs) 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 No, um, so I signed two year contract and um, and in 2009 Paul Doolan just took over as manager and I was just after we were after winning the All-Ireland the under 20 league so kind of came in that year and I wasn't you know I was a bit of a late developer I wasn't really physically strong or anything like that and Paul kind of said come in and find your feet maybe for the first year get used to the full time training and stuff like that and I uh, played a couple of games playing the Satanta Cup and a couple of FA Cup games and was on the, the bench in the league a good bit but um, so I saw that season out and it was brilliant really Paul Doolan was unbelievable like his training was fantastic like really really tough like but it, it was great and as I said I've probably improved near on 100% as a player like over that year just training with the first team like there was like Colin Healy Joe Gamble Dan Murray Joe Dennis Faz Kodosevic the f- fellas like that like you know the unbelievable players Did you say Dennis? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just had to give him a mention like after last week <laughs> Dennis in the change room <laughs> so um, yeah so that saw that season I felt it went really well kind of played towards the end and Santa Cup scored goals and that as well and then was looking looking forward to the next season then maybe pushing on a bit more because that was the plan and obviously then the, the club went wallop um, and then that's when Forrest took over so um, going back to the first game of the season so Tommy obviously got brought in and stuff like that as the manager and we actually had a big enough squad going up to up to Derry when I say big enough it was there was actually about 18 or 19 there but halfway up on the bus journey it turned out like six of them weren't eligible to play the transfers weren't after going through or you know I mean, the registrations or something like that so we were down to literally 13 players which was a sub keeper and one other player or something like that so it was like we, we had 80, 18 players and it was literally it was a 19 seater bus like it was tiny like <laughs> 8 hours up to Derry like you know all that got on and Jesus the game like it, we got a great result, but we we still had a good enough team all the same. Like there was Graham Cummins, Davin was playing, Greg O'Halloran, Dave Rogers, Mark McNulty, Steve Mulcahy, you know Ian Turner. There was there was still a bones of a good team there, and we we got a draw on the end, and like that was kind of start of it. But it it was a tough it was tough going like even at the start and for that season as well. Yeah. Like, you know, so pulled it back well in the end, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And what happened to you then the season after? So I actually left at the end of that season. Um, I kind of I played it. I played a good bit, but probably not as much as I wanted to. And yeah. I spoke to Tommy at the end of the year, and Tommy was kind of saying like, kind of half saying stay on, but there wasn't much money there and stuff like that. And when I did sign for City, I left CIT. I was studying marketing in CIT. I was halfway through a degree. I was always kind of at the back of my mind that if it didn't work out at City, that I'd go back and finish my degree. So the way things kind of were going. I was kind of saying, look, you know, not that I was there for the money, but the money was gone out of it. I just had, I like a one-year-old kid at the time, and I was like, you know what, I just want to go back. So I went back to CIT, exactly, and uh, finished my degree and went down a soccer scholarship then with the CIT, so they helped me out great. It was was fantastic. You'd only have a few years as well, wouldn't you, if you defer the course? Like if you kept playing for another year, you'd lose the place. Because I think the way modules change and stuff like that, that um, if you don't go back in a certain amount of time, that you would actually have to restart it all over again, so... Do you go the, by another example? Corkville is mad for the money, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Left City, done a the degree the game, and gone back to City. Where's <laughs> the love of the game gone? <laughs> back for more punishment. <laughs> yeah, just just on the whole money thing. So you were on the podcast there last week, the greatest 
League, League of Ireland, of the world, yeah. in, in the World Podcast, is it? There's so there's world. a question in from uh, <laughs> uh, Nevin about an appearance fee that you got <laughs> you got an appearance fee I think he was on about Dennis's appearance fee as well <laughs> actually yeah so like well I didn't see any appearance fee anyway if there was one so uh, you must have missed out so. I know must be more for more high profile people I'd say <laughs> Dennis is my strange <laughs> that's why we haven't been on it yet <laughs> <laughs> so the next question that came in was did having played for Corsity before did that think that helped in your current role when you went in as commercial manager? Yeah, uh, getting the job like or as I, in helping in my role at the moment. Uh, both, I suppose. Both, I suppose yeah, I did yeah, specified what I said. Both, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it probably did help me really, like in regards to getting the job because it's probably suited having someone coming in that kind of knows the club and the way it's it's run and. Yeah. You I know, heard he came in in full kit. <laughs> <laughs> du- dueling on the back. <laughs> Top man. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe, look, I, 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 I'd say I probably did play a part in it, you know, having the experience with the club before, but uh, and even in the role, I suppose it, it does help really. Like, I, I didn't think about it too much, to be honest, but I suppose like not the people would know you but they might recognise the name or whatever like that yeah. and they said oh geez you might have played before and, and see it's a conversation breaker and you know like I suppose marketing as well like when you're yeah. when you are selling the product you know what the club needs and what it wants and exactly, that's an like, advantage straight away because I suppose the League of Ireland got in a guy to do a marketing plan there one day he's coming yeah. up with strange ideas all together you yeah. know like you kind of know the difference I'm not going to throw that one out there. for marketing people there. Yeah. Strange yeah. enough. Like. <laughs> Thanks, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I know what you mean. Like, you obviously know what's worked for yeah. the club before, what hasn't worked. So. Yeah. And, uh, like, you're just uh, like a big football fan in general, I suppose. So, yeah, having the experience with the club, and I suppose, like, being honest, it's not rockets. The, the players really are, like, or, or product like you know yeah. they're our unique selling point that's what people want access to that's what people you know like want they, that's who they come to see every week and stuff like that so it's trying to combine that with you know like with everything else that's going on in the club is, is trying to get the players kind of involved in a lot of stuff because that's what people hmm. know and want and even Corky like you know Corky is a yeah, yeah, huge part yeah. of our marketing because we go to some events and we bring players to it and Corky's more more yeah, popular yeah, than Corky? the players yeah, like, yeah. Oh, where's Corky so, like <laughs> so Neil Horgan had a question in actually about Corky oh yeah is he wearing clothes under that mascot suit I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know that so it's not a mascot <laughs> it's a wee who said it's a mascot so he's just, he came from Florida oh yeah oh, sorry 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 kids any kids listening sorry sorry about that the other thing you've got you've kind of gotten the women set up more involved in the marketing as well there was one in Blackpool shopping centre a few weeks that's ago that's right yeah that wouldn't happen in the previous years I suppose it would have been all the senior men's team like. yeah so actually because a lot of people probably don't know it's that the women's the women's team kind of amalgamated with the club only yeah. last year so it actually only came all under the one umbrella last year. Nobody used to play and train and all that out in Bishopsum. But um they they came they came out they came under the one umbrella last year and um, Hello. <laughs> Thanks lads. So <laughs> <laughs> we just started again. <laughs> and he used the amalgamate, he was he was looking words yeah. up before he came out. Yeah, 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 I love that one. <laughs> so yeah, so basically it's all under the one roof now. Yeah. And like so we're trying to I suppose when we're branding the club and marketing the club, we're thinking it as a whole. Like the first team are obviously the most prominent team and you know, they're the, yeah. the main attraction and stuff like that. But also there's the women's teams and there's the, the academy teams which were also when we're going to the meet and greets and stuff like that, there is a demand for like young girls and stuff like that to see the women's team because they are their stars and stuff like that, yeah. just as yeah. much as not that the, it's only boys that will follow the men's team, but you know, like it's a it kind of broadens the broadens the horizons for the for the fans really, like you know. And how does uh, Adidas come into that then? Yeah, Adidas. Um, they've been they've been great for the club, like you know the. David O'Rourke's actually the merchandising manager uh, actually, in Cork City. Give me his number after there because you shouldn't have said their name on this podcast. <laughs> advertising on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but they've they've played a huge role really, like in the in the in the progression of the club off the field, especially over the last couple of years, because just the name and the brand itself, 
like you'd see now like even my kids there they're asking for Cork City jerseys at Christmas and stuff like that and yeah. half it is down to because obviously it's lovely looking gear but it's the Adidas factor as well like you know um, you could walk around the streets now and you see kids and you know adults wearing yeah. Cork City tracksuits and jerseys you know like you wouldn't and have seen they, that you wouldn't have seen that like five, ten years ago really like you wouldn't are they, you wouldn't but are they on hand to you like um, like are they helping with the marketing and giving you ideas and? Well, they they well, I suppose they wouldn't be on hand to help in that way, but like they're on hand when we're designing the jerseys and we we've an input into all that and like we come up with different retro style jerseys and stuff like that. So they're you know they're they're flexible and open yeah. to ideas in regards to that. And David and Declan Declan Carey they were actually over in the Adidas on Monday, just going through different kind of ideas and stuff like that. So yeah, looking to implement them over coming months I suppose and, and years really Teclan's very good actually and he's he's very very, very good very yeah, good, yeah. He's, he does all the websites yeah. uh, and along with Aaron Howey who kind of came on at the same time as myself he's the marketing assistant to two of them kind of doing the graphics and the, the web design and uh, all stuff kind of on the social media they're, they're doing a great job yeah but I suppose they're gone next year anyway they just are there because Sumo Sports taking over <laughs> that's the plan anyway I don't know why they made the trip over to see you they could have just been going to call yeah, yeah, you have a van so you can go to them I have a van I have a factory and all <laughs> no but like I suppose Adidas did over the years has had a, a good reputation in Cork and yeah. have done, and done this, the kit yeah and they, they before, were like, exactly they were the sponsor they were the kit sponsor going back years ago yeah and that's all in now like isn't it the retro kind of styles and, and the fashion and stuff like that and throw back stone or kits and stuff like that and like we brought out the retro mugs now and you know little things like that there <laughs> people love them like because they're yeah they're old school and that like and Next will be the you know the green bathroom fittings and the, the blue <laughs> bathroom fittings and stuff. The white <laughs> white goods will be gone now. <laughs> oh yeah, Eric Mara sent in a few questions. No doubt. He wants to know who the best player <laughs> other than himself that you played with is. Oh Jesus! Oh, outside Eric, so outside yeah. Eric, yeah. Uh, yeah right. <laughs> that would have been. He just made it easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a tough one, really. Like I back back when I was with City that time, obviously it was. There was like to Colin Healy and Joe Gamble and stuff like that there and Dennis and Dennis, <laughs> 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 but like I wouldn't really say I played with them. You know I yeah. played a little bit during that season, but say I played with them. It's a tough one, really. Like um, just I suppose the main team I've been with was Ring Mahan over the last couple of years, and we've had a lot of good good players. Like you know this year we've Anthony McAlevey, fantastic player, like very talented. Um, when I was underage at City, we played with Myler, another another very good player. Um, it's hard to nail one down, I suppose. It's, I, I always find that question difficult because it's you know, a lot of people have different perceptions. Usually I, you I pick think, a fella that's think, playing in yeah, your position, yeah. like, don't you? you know, like, I hate that question anyway. Yeah. I would have the same trade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you always kind of pick someone or a similar. Everyone always think. asks as well, don't they? Yeah. Who's the best player and worst player you played with and stuff like that? Worse is easy, but yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. So look, there's there's a couple there, but it'd be too too hard to nail down one. It's uh, next one was obviously it hasn't been an ideal start for City this season. Uh, someone wrote in asking, does that affect? Does that impact your job? Obviously, trying to fill the seats and whatever else comes yeah. under marketing. If the results aren't going your way. Yeah, when I was on the the greatest league in the world podcast on Sunday, they asked this question: Does it affect? Uh, commercially, the job or whatever like that. Like they obviously was, didn't ask it as well as Rob just. No, did no, there. definitely you know, not. Definitely. <laughs> <out there>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so commercially, probably not because I don't think businesses look at Cox and say, "Oh, they've had a couple of rocky results there." No, we're not going to sponsor them. You know, businesses are yeah. quite good that they look kind of beyond that and they want to be kind of more recognised with the club than you know. No, it helps, you know, when the team are doing well and stuff like that. It definitely helps, but I don't want to get hindered a whole lot in the commercial side. On the marketing side, look, of course it does. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, when the results aren't going the way you want, it's the same with a lot of many Cork sports, really. Like, isn't it the Cork GA yeah. and Munster? Like, Munster were flying it 10 years ago or so. They were the, the buzz of the place. And nowadays, you very hear very little of them in Cork. Like, yeah. you know, they're kind of more Limerick-based now and stuff like that. But, like, when the results end, it's just, look, we just need to keep probably even doing more and better off the pitch 
you know, to keep the, the thing is fans on seats. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and you know, it, you probably need to be doing like, I, I'd probably look at it. You need to be consistent either way. Like as in we've had this discussion, like about marketing, let's say around a fixture, like against the lower team, like you say, a Finn Harps or a UCD versus maybe a Dundalk fixture or a Shamrock Rovers, because like you can do as much marketing as you want and much publicity and much press or I suppose for a UCD and a Finn Harps game and you still mightn't get the crowd mm. whereas like if you do less than for the Dundalk game or thing because you think you're going to get the crowd you know it's a, it's a catch 22 so what we're trying to do at the moment is kind of trying to keep it even and consistent over the over yeah. the season like it's hard like because I suppose us being around football you know you're not always going to be successful like yeah. Not always going to be in the top one or two. Like it's going to be like you look at Manchester United and teams like that. Like you know Liverpool, they're going to be outside of it. Yeah. It's going to happen. Simple as that. It's just, I suppose, as you said, like doing the right things off the pitch. Yeah. And it, is there is there a plan in place, uh, Cork at the moment, like to kind of self sustain yourself? Like we spoke about already on the podcast here, um, about like you know the rock mounts and even the ringmans, and they all have their own grounds and they're all yeah. have their own academies and stuff like that. Is there a plan in place with Cork for that? Maybe Can like I... that. That stuff would probably be over in my head. Really, like that would be kind right. of for more for the board and maybe the general manager Paul Witchley to be to, to be thinking about. And I'm only there short while, so I right, wouldn't yeah, know yeah. the exact like you know the what the the long term goals are really like you know so. But look, ideally, every club wants to have its own facilities. I know mm. that the Glamour thing is in, is in the pipeline where that's at, at the moment. I'm not really sure myself and I'm not sure if the club, you know what I mean, did yeah. if, if anyone knows exactly where it is or it isn't. But hopefully that's something that comes to fruition because I don't think it'll just be good for Cork City, but it'll be great for Cork football in general, like, you know. Yeah, it needs it. Cork needs facilities, yeah. football facilities, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Especially like Astroturfs or decent yeah. pitches to train on and stuff. And That's it. I think if you compare like the soccer facilities to, to the GA facilities, yeah. every GA club has two perfect pitches, yeah. indoor halls, gyms, bars, Big everything. Big rooms, like. Yeah, uh, and how many soccer clubs have a bar just say in the ground like but then why why does the GA have it as a thing why don't why don't the soccer clubs have it like I, I, I even driving up here I live in Ballinock but I was driving past Ashton <coughs> like and that's a hockey pitch and I think I could I think I seen Avondale they were underage teams I'd say probably under 14s 15s train on like in the Sandy Astro like there's yeah. no team should be yeah. training on that like no matter what level they are like, like, you know what I mean we play a school match and that Jesus, like it's terrible. Like, yeah. I was actually because I drove past the other day. I was thinking, how are we allowed to play on that? You know, that was a, like competitive. But, like, it's game, not even like, like proper football. The way the no. ball moves, to everything like you can't tackle yeah. on it or anything like that. Like you know, it's all it's over the country. Different. There's GA pitches and soccer pitches right next to each other. Yeah. And the soccer pitch is a load of shit. Yeah. And the GA pitch is like pristine. Yeah. And yeah. Has, it's, it's they don't even need like the ball it. on the floor, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they can do with the Mulligan that pitches. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it has to come from the top, though, surely. Like, the GA are looking after the whole way, the grassroots level mm-hmm. of all the clubs. Whereas, obviously, all the stuff with the FAI and funding in the news now... It's a big do- thing now coming around. It doesn't seem to be happening yeah. in soccer, yeah. like. Yeah. Again, people are asking us about the FAI kind of thing. And, look, like... I don't know enough about it to be honest. Then to I be commenting, I can just see the, the headlines in the the papers and stuff like that. Just and the crazy thing from the one the meeting today with the Eroctus was that they didn't have to answer any of the questions. Yeah, <laughs> the, I just they, don't they know were you weren't allowed to ask them questions about what was going on for the last few years. They just said no, we're not talking about. Why can't it? Like, where does it go from here? Like <laughs> how is how is but, that? What's the point having the meeting mm. if you're not allowed to ask them those questions? Like, do you even know how it's run? Like you know, like is the board voted in or they is it a business is it an organisation it definitely like, hasn't been an election because John Delaney's been there for 15 years something like that is it I'm in so 14 years, so 14 years. I'll take the 5th amendment <laughs> <laughs> were you voted yeah. take your were P45 you voted <laughs> <laughs> vote me in we're <laughs> 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 great with that with uh, Sport Ireland like revoking all the funding from the FAI something's mm-hmm. going to have to change yeah. In order, yeah. for, like, because they can't. They've uh, suspended it, yeah. haven't they? So they can't survive. How long did they say like, they're suspended for? Or in, in they say, I think, is it until something changes? Or, or? I don't know. They didn't really. They didn't put an end date on it, like so. Yeah. I think there's not much came from it, really. Like I think yeah. it ended. It was your man saying, like, it's time to change the board in the FAI, yeah. 
And he, so, but I don't think they yeah. can force it on, can the other, they? Like the other thing from today that the League of Ireland only got mentioned once yeah. in the whole, it's our, league, yeah. it's our number one league in the country, talking about how football is run in the country and they only mentioned the league once. Yeah. And that wasn't even by the FAI, that was by someone, one politician, I can't remember her name now, but she said, she was comparing the salary of John Delaney to the League of Ireland prize money, which his salary was like three times what the prize money yeah. for winning the league is yeah. like. It's yeah. just scandalous carry on, like. Yeah. How there's a lot there's a lot of people in League of Ireland already are really, really upset and disappointed. Again, maybe you might be listening to this podcast and saying that we should kinda of have an opinion, but again, I don't have time to be reading articles and stuff like that about the FBI, so there's, there's <laughs> not, but the point is money seems to come into it all the time, especially it does, like actually, yeah. the EA Sports Cup. I was talking to uh, a Cork City fan and he like he was actually saying, Why why would Cork City try and win the EA Sports Cup? When the games are on Monday night, they're after playing Friday, just say they've done dock the next Friday. Why would they put out their strongest team when the prize money is peanuts? Where getting to Europe is so much more important financially that it's like almost incentivizing clubs not to try and win trophies. It gives other clubs a chance then, doesn't it? It does, but you want to see the best players on the pitch as well. You don't want the you want teams to be trying to win every game. Yeah, can't come for Rob. He's after watching the Oireachtas report. <laughs> he is full of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be fair to Rob, now he knows his stuff. He Stay does. away from that one. It's quite a work today, so. <laughs> <laughs> so next question, I suppose we can all get involved in was about the Munster Senior League and the title race, which every team seems to be involved in, and just how crazy that league is. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone's going. We we had a bad defeat there actually the weekend, uh, last one nil to Corinthians. It's a, um, it's a crazy league, like isn't it this year? It's yeah, it's like it's we we won our first five, and lost our next six. Yeah, you were and flying, three actually, points yeah. off the top. Sure, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, like yeah, we, like if we'd lost four of them and won two of them, we'd be three points clear or something like that. Like, it's like even when it's we crazy, yeah. like. when we when we we beat Ringman a few weeks ago to go third, and we had a game against Middleton. If we won, we went top. We lost that, and since then we haven't played a game, but we're down to sixth. Yeah. Who's we now? I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been banned from naming the team. I've been banned from mentioning. The H. The H. It does start with D, I can uh, confirm that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what is it? Cove Wanderers on top, then second we we have Rockmount. 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 And UCC. UCC. Actually, Rockmount and UCC next Tuesday night, isn't it, in the league? Is it, yeah? I think so, yeah. So... Again, we don't have a game for like 18 days or something like that. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. They've put one in next Friday, actually. The Beam- Beamish Cup, actually. Ringman, we're playing. We're playing away at E, is it? Is it? Yeah, we're at home, we're yeah. Playing, um, yeah. And then the week after. But we it was, we didn't have a game for 18 days. And then we had to play like, yeah, I think, within I think, three days or something like that. Being honest, I think the Munson League, it has to go to summer soccer. Like, you, you, sometimes, like, some seasons, you wouldn't play a game from the end of October to the start of February. Yeah. Like, it's a... <laughs> Or else have an official break or something like that. Like, cause yeah, what I find, it, like, it? my head completely goes, like, over the winter season. Like, yeah. you're down training, and, like, you might not have a match for four weeks, and yeah. you're just training sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. for the sake of it. Like, it's different when you're training towards a match, and you have something to prepare for or look forward to, like, and then you're coming down, and, like, at that level, the numbers are dropping off then because... It's a tough slog, you know, though, it isn't is, it? Like, like, yeah. But then you end up as well, like you said, you've no game. You'll end up having... Like last year, we played five games in ten days. That's it. Like yeah, coming coming to May, like you four games in like, a week. Like how like that? Obviously, people are gonna get injured. People, like fellas can't get yeah. off work. Like, I th- I think the months of season need to like need to put the fixtures in place for the season, like and just set them in I case. Can't and understand like understand why that isn't uh, an option actually. Like, yeah. I think I remember last year when Middleton were there going must be for some the league. For it, like yeah, that like I don't know was it who else was going for the league last year? It might have been Cove actually as well and not sure who the other team were but basically like the other teams lost the league themselves because they'd played like the league were basically leaving the match trying to have the final game like coming up till the end of the season like as in the last game to be the penultimate game yeah, and whoever yeah. was going to win the league then won that game Yeah. but I think the fact that teams actually would play need to play each other a couple of times or something like that and the league like just kind of fell into look Middleton won the league and deservedly so but the way the fixtures went and they crammed them in at the end it kind of fell into Middleton's yeah. hands without like their last game basically didn't mean anything and it was against their closest rivals to whoever came second I think yeah. it was Cove so the game actually didn't mean anything in the end 
so, don't really have that much experience within the Munster League, but uh, as a manager or kind of player really involved in a club for years. Something simple, I think you think, like have the fixtures set out, yeah, like yeah. Oh, commu- prom- computerised at the start yeah. of the day or just... There must be some reason, maybe it's kind of to drive maybe attendances towards the end because yeah. that's the exciting part. Even have a rough like schedule, like, yeah. Yeah. because like I know teams put in for weekends off and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> that's fair enough. Just reschedule, if you're rescheduling one or two games throughout the year, it's manageable, but like you can't organise it. You can't organise anything, like. and like we won the match now last night, but uh, the cup final, and like we'd four lads away on a stag at the weekend, and yeah. we'd one fell in Vegas, and we put in <laughs> for the match to be changed, and they couldn't change it anyway for whatever yeah. reason. But like you know, if you lost that, you would have been gutted then because yeah, we them. would have been blaming that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First match live on Fans Voice TV. Yeah, it was very good actually. Fair yeah. play, you got some good uh, feedback from it. Yeah, no, hopefully we can get more games on there now. Are you doing like, our yeah. match as well Saturday versus Middleton? Yeah, really going to yeah, like, yeah. do that as well. Yeah, very good. So again, it's just trying to get around to the games because it's. But did the Munster League? It did. The, the standard has come on. I think leaps and bounds yeah. like hasn't it over the last couple of years? No, definitely, yeah. Because uh, I d- I think there's there's probably reasons for that as well because I, t- I don't know is the attraction to go to the lower League of Ireland teams there no. anymore like I think it was worth Phil as well maybe going back kind of 10 years ago or so when fellas might have been getting 100 or 200 quid or whatever like that and it might have been worth their while on top of a job yeah. you know what I mean whereas I know like the money's kind of not there really anymore and I know fellas are getting expenses and stuff like that so if you've a fella there who has a job and a couple of kids it's not wor- really worth the while, so I think it's the kind of months of seeing the league's gain then, yeah. with fellas like that are kind of falling into the league. And I think most of those, like Cove now and the other clubs in the first division, Cabin it's all college kids it's like all it. fellas just out of school and college, yeah. coming out of under-19s, those fellas who yeah. want to get to the higher level, that's don't, they don't have kids, they don't, they're not married, they don't have a mortgage, anything like that. Exactly. And they that's why I, that's why I actually the think the months of seeing the league has improved over the last couple of years because the incentive is, is yeah. not really there. Like, you know... That that might have been there ten ten years ago. Let's say if you had a job and you were getting an extra say two hundred yeah. quid on your wages, it's definitely yeah. worth a while. Well, is it worth a while for say thirty forty euro? I'm not saying that's what yeah. they're getting, but you know if you're, you know if it's not like then if, like you say. I don't think the budgets are there anyway for the clubs. In, right. And in they're the they're right. Like if you know they're living within their yeah. means, which is the most yeah, important yeah. thing. You know they're not going beyond their their means. Like but. It's probably to the months of senior league's gain then in yeah. the other way. Like. More, but yeah. even so, the the Len- it's more spread out as well. Yeah, the Leinster senior league yeah. is gaining good players as well. To be yeah. honest, like yeah, very good. Like compared to a few years ago, Avondale, everyone, everyone leaves Avondale, Avondale Rockmont, like, like yeah. But there's a lot like, like Maca coming from Cove, so yeah. man. A few years ago, he just would have been in Avondale. Yeah, that's it. Like, just yeah. because a rock rock yeah. was kind of the team before that. Like even yeah. like Danny Morrissey going back playing for Middleton. Yeah, like there's more players coming from Leeburn and they're going to different clubs, just yeah. even and everything out. Like yeah, and then that kind of happened when Riley took over at Ringmahan first. Like I I came back, uh, Roy Kenny came from Cove Ramblers, Jason Ford yeah. came from Cork City, and you know it was all kind of local fellas as well, yeah. which is which is not a bonus, and that's something that we were able to kind of keep over the next couple of years. Was keeping a good core of local fellas, which is, I think it's important. Yeah, definitely. In the team spirit and everything. Exactly, like, like, yeah. I think it's just on kind of fans' voice TV's side, anyway, is the platform, like, for fellas, like, you know, to go and show, like, like we had a good, we were starting, we had highlights and stuff like that. Now, I don't know how the live stream's going to go. Obviously, it turns across in the middle of the city with 4G and stuff. Uh, I don't know, will it get more difficult in other places, yeah. but. We showed highlights of an under sixteen game, actually Douglas Hall and uh, Middleton there the day, like yeah. you know, and I was just thinking back, geez, that's brilliant. Imagine if you were under sixteen there and you're playing playing a game and it's on the highlights at uh, But it's even a buzz for the fellas who were playing the Munster Senior League, like we were talking about it nowhere after the match last night. Just talking, oh, like the highlights were up or on fellas, you know, going through the yeah. clips of something in the game, like mm-hmm. whether it was slagging a fella for doing whatever yeah, yeah, or yeah. one of the goals or you know what I mean? Like it's it's great for that, and and even for the professionalism, it's not professional, but like it's great to be kind of acting like a professional, I suppose. Really, yeah. like you know, like Basil and Riley had us going through one of the videos we recorded a couple of weeks ago ourselves. Like and you know, yeah. you learn it's so much different. You learn away more and fellas taking on more. Like when they see, yeah, what's going on, yeah, what they're doing, right or wrong. Sometimes you can think you're doing something bad and you're actually not, or vice versa. We were only talking about that last week or the week before. Game analysis, yeah. about analysis and thinking. Yeah. In your head, you might be thinking, 
I ran past the front post there and you could be 20 yards back. Exactly, yeah. You know, it, it's different the way you see the game and then you yeah. see it on TV. There's no hiding place then, like no. we were saying for analysis. And I remember Hoggy, I was actually listening to the podcast and Hoggy spoke about when we kind of started doing the first with Paul Doolan, like, and it was a bit of a battering session, like, you know, yeah, he was yeah. a, not that I was playing much, but on the Monday mornings, I know the lads used to be dreading it. Like, yeah. I was just basically like just hammering fellas, like, and it, like, it was fine then because Paul Doolan was after winning leagues and cups and everyone respected him and listened to him and he'd like to gamble and you know like big personalities in the dressing room and you know like they were big enough and professional enough to take it and all that but then like if you're dealing with you know a younger team or a less experienced team like if you keep hammering them like they have the opposite effect yeah, really, would, yeah. like yeah. you know what I, mean? I kind of prefer fellas to kind of go away and watch it themselves because I found it most beneficial when I watched my own game yeah and then I can analyse myself. You're most critic anyway, like, yeah. aren't you? You see football games every week. Yeah, if you need a bit of guidance off a manager and he tells you, you know, look, you're doing this, I need you to be doing this, and he comes along and shows you. But when you see yourself and you're looking at it and you're like, Jesus, I could have turned out there, or yeah. you actually do it the next time. That's right. You know, like you, you you're aware of it anyway. Like. Aware of the space around you as well. Yeah. And I think that's a huge advantage. And I, was, like. I was only speaking to Lisa Fallon, actually, who does the Cork City analysis. And um, I, was, I was just asking her, really, like I was kind of saying, what do you be kind of going through with the lads now? Like, is it a bit of it? Is it still like, you know, this is what you were doing X, Y, and Z wrong? Like, and she said, no. She said, there is a bit of that. Look, you could have done better here. But she said, a lot of it too is like, this was excellent, you know, like, look how good you did here. Yeah. And, like, even in Cork City, they're actually, they film the training sessions now, like, in Cork City during the day, and they're going through things and stuff like that, and she's kind of saying, they have a little moment then, like, some of the players between themselves or the staff that say, look at the video, that worked, you know, that's brilliant, and they're yeah, delighted, yeah. you know, like, there's a bit of a buzz about it, like, whereas yeah. when I was thinking of video analysis back then, like, he was just getting caned like for Hoggy. I remember <laughs> Hoggy used to get caned actually for keep running up to celebrate if someone scored. He used to trek all the way from right back. <laughs> and be so blown on the way back. He used to be yeah, trudging the way back then. Like, and uh, every clip then there was a goal, you see Hoggy like just jogging across the camera. Everyone would be nuts at it then. Just on uh, Hoggy, did you know he wrote two books? No, I didn't, I didn't hear that at all. Yeah, no one's heard it. It's strange, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> sales must be down there, <laughs> No, but you read Hoggy's book, did I you? I did, yeah. I read the two of them. They're, they're very good, to be fair. Like, and mm. I was actually there for one of the seasons, so I really knew what he was talking about. Yeah. But um, and like I think some one of the things that he touches on the book, which is quite evident, is that when you have a good dressing room, like no matter how hard times are, like it was, you know, it was still good to go in every day. Like there was great banter yeah. and all that. Like there was good lads, you know, like Dennis, like hopping around the place and all that, like, it just made it a bit easier, yeah. like, you know what I mean, because no, no one was getting paid, but everyone was in the same boat, and, like, the mentality, like, that the players had then, like, that was their, like, I was only kind of, as I said, coming out of college, but it was their livelihoods, like, it was a different story for them, like, their mortgages were on the line and all yeah. that, they were kind of coming in, and they were still working hard, because their attitude was, like, we kind of, next, we need to look after ourselves, like, and keep ourselves in shape, and, you know, look good, I suppose, uh, in the games like because mm. if they need to get moves or whatever like that game. like exactly like and it's a different mentality like that's why Dad's had it off yeah <laughs> <laughs> is, that when you, is that when you stole his move to Barney stole yeah, it yeah. <laughs> I got another move don't worry <laughs> <laughs> sure, Dennis never told you that story actually last week about um uh, about Paul Doolan said to him when Hartley probably came in for him I actually I should have wrote in the question and asked him about it because Dennis tells everyone it anyway but um, he came into the dressing room anyway and he was like yeah lads I'm getting a move or whatever like that like and uh, do you hear what the Ulins after saying to me and the boys were saying no nah, he, he, Dennis was like yeah, he's like Ripley's and I was like what Dennis he goes to Dennis Dennis you're at, just someone's after inquiring about you believe it or not <laughs> Dennis yeah, he's like fucking Ripley's <laughs> <laughs> the whole dressing room and stinks so Dennis didn't even care yeah. like, like water off the dog's back like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he literally had the bag over his shoulder do you hear Ripley's down there he's out the door he went like, he's a gas man but when he when he first went to Hartlepool, I signed for Exeter the year after that then, and we we played them up in Hartlepool, and I was chatting to Gamble and uh, Dennis after the game, like you know. But the lads were like, "You obviously know him, Dennis." Like I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "He ripped us apart last year." So when he first went to Hartlepool, they played against Exeter, and the boy said he was unplayable, like. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of that's the way he was like. If yeah. Dennis's head was on it. 
then he you couldn't stop him. He was no. strong, quick, Very talented, like and yeah. a, a smashing shot. Like the boys said, they couldn't handle him. And then That's it. for whatever reason, they had all attributes, like didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm. There was one time there, like when I used to be like going to the games, he got seems to get a rocket yeah. for three or four weeks in a row. Like <laughs> thirty five yards. He just didn't corner, he like. just didn't look pretty on the eye, like and that's probably you know, yeah, why a lot of people didn't take them. Yeah. Like he wasn't pretty, like the ball be hobbling around like bang damn. like <laughs> yeah. uh, I miss miss Hoggy tonight actually, wouldn't you? Yeah, Do you miss no, Hoggy? Not really heavy more breathing, to pick on, is there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as well we're not gonna get a, an extract from his book. But uh, God. Yeah, like, you know, most guests to come on, we give them a gift. Thanks, lads. And that's the gift of Rob's queer football <laughs> story. <laughs> so I've been doing a bit of research again this week, Daz. Oh, very good. And uh, some of the weirdest uh, matches ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, the weirdest ones I could find anyway. So the first one is from, uh, it's actually from the Madagascar League. <laughs> there was two, game, two games to go in the season and a team called Stad Olympic needed to win to keep their title challenge going. They were 2-1 up and the ref gave a dodgy penalty against them. Ended up drawing 2 all so they couldn't win the league. Last game of the season, uh, in protest, they scored 149 on goals. What? Lost 149 nil. <laughs> 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 what a <laughs> protest. The biggest uh, scoreline in any football match ever. Wow. So they actually went into the history books with yeah. it. Fair play. If what? they weren't going to win the league, they go down know, yeah. <laughs> in the history books. What I mean. do you all think of when you heard heard Madagascar there? Oh, you just thought ice Penguins cream. of Madagascar. I took them. From yeah, the I was yeah. just thinking physical appeared, physical appeared, physical physical. Ice cream. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Madagascar ice cream. Tasted. It's oh. unreal. Uh, so next one. Uh, if Aston Villa in 1976 Chris Nichols scored four goals in the match but uh, the game finished two all <laughs> two, <laughs> two for his own team and two OGs brilliant <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah apparently he asked the ref if he could have the ball after the game but the ref wouldn't give it to him <laughs> <laughs> it was his first hat trick brilliant his manager's delighted that I said <laughs> so another one Arsenal and uh, Dynamo Moscow so actually 1945 there was a fog came down and they, you couldn't see in front of yourself. The ref wouldn't blow the game up because the boys were after coming from Russia and back then you couldn't just refix the game. So the game just went crazy. Uh, Moscow brought on 15 players. They were bringing on subs and not taking anyone off. <laughs> uh, Arsenal brought a fella back on who was after being sent off. And uh, the Arsenal keeper knocked himself out off the post. He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't see where he was going. He ran straight into the post. How oh, did that game finish? Yeah, he got a full time. Uh, Arsenal went through in the end. I, can't, I don't. I didn't write down the final score though. It was the second leg, and they were winning from the first leg already. Jesus. Oh, the yeah. final score was the main point. That. Charlton and Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield were five one up with twenty minutes to go. And the whole, all the Charlton fans had left. They were down to 10 men as well. And they came back to go 6-5 up. Then the lads equalised again an OG. And then Charlton won after being 5-1 down with 10 men. They came back and won 7-6. Wow. With however many, can't even count how many goals. Eight goals in the last 20 minutes. Believe. <laughs> uh, Lincoln and Coventry was called off 15 times in a row because of the bad weather. In, uh, that was in 1963 to be fair <laughs> there's definitely a senior league the day after every time it was called off or what it was over 66 days whoa 15 times just wasn't playing rock on fire <laughs> 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 except if you're a football team they yeah. leave it on <laughs> yeah one of the other teams players are injured so they kept saying the pitch was fucked Juventus Alanzia and General Paz Juniors drew Trial and they went to a penalty shootout and the first 40 penalties were scored in a row. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and then only one penalty was missed. It was 21-20 after penalties. And uh, yeah, that's what I have for tonight. Yeah, it's fair play. Some Excellent. A lot strange, of research that one now. Yeah, some strange weird stories again from the football world. Rob's employer is like... What's he doing all week? <laughs> <laughs> Am I really paying this fella? Check his Google <laughs> history. Yeah, yeah. Besides <laughs> writing a lot of stuff down, I don't know what it was. <laughs> Taking notes on the company and stuff. Brilliant. You have no wages this week, Rob. Your boss is like, you have no wages, and you're like, why? Because uh, weird football stories doesn't pay us. <laughs> Can't eat. Can't eat weird football stories. Just on that, and ads and stuff like that for the club uh, there's there's a lot of questions in there about promos videos and stuff like that what do you think of the promo videos and are they important to the league I think 
Oh, yeah, they are important, really, because I suppose anything that gains traction is good exposure and stuff like that. Um, they seem to be the bit of the trend at the moment, really. Like yeah, Shelburne brought out one, Rovers brought out one, we had one. Um, and no, they are they're, they're getting good coverage and social media, like in their um. There, uh, as I said, there's kind of a lot of people retweeting it and commenting, liking it, and you know the more people seeing it and knowing about it, the better. And I suppose it's just kind of trying to come across professional. Yeah. And and uh, something uh, different. Exactly. Like who was the first to have it? I don't. I I'm not sure. No, be honest. I'm not it sure. was like it someone put out a promo video, and I think it was. It, a, I think Rovers or Bowes. Bowes had the poet fellow. They had something last year. Bowes that was the year had before. They had like terraces, a, not TV. Yeah, yeah, they had that, yeah. Like so, I think they were the kind of first. They were the kind of yeah. Because I know that they they do kind of input heavily into marketing. Yeah. Like they they're one of the teams. I think I was listening to someone from the club who was on another podcast, and they were kind of saying they put as much like funds and all that into their marketing as much as on the pitch but look they're at a different kind of you know their the pressure's not really on them too they're not expected to win the league and all that like you mm, yeah. know whereas if you're a top club and that's in boys aren't but if you're at a top club like a cork dundalk rovers where the pressure's on to win the league you know yeah. you're it's it's a different it's a different story like that was of course their bob marley jersey last year wasn't yeah. it yeah it was crazy wasn't it <laughs> that got some it that did it was, was a good idea it was on sky sports news yeah yeah, yeah. Great idea, like, because as you said, the exposure from it. It's yeah. weird, too, like, in the talking about likes and tweets and stuff like that, yeah. being successful. What does it bring you to the other side then? Does it bring sure followers like, and fans? It's something and that's what, that we've. Is that what, like, advertising When I've come in, anyway, like, I've, I feel that the club, like, is brilliant online, like, you know, the social media. I think we've over 110,000 followers through our social media channels, which is great and all that, but. I think sometimes you can kind of get lost in a bit of a bubble of it. Yeah. So, like, since I come in now, I've tried to kind of, like, we're asking fans to come to Turner's Cross every Friday night and watch the team. And I think we should be replicating that and going back into the community, like I said, whether it's bringing players out and doing meet and greets yeah. or it's, you know, like, giving fans to come out and maybe do an open training session or whatever it might be. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of giving back to the fans rather yeah. than keep pushing, pushing, pushing stuff online. We are trying to give back then. Kind a one-way system then. Like, exactly, it's, it's a one-way yeah, yeah, system. Yeah. Like, and you're kind of, you're, you're keep constantly beating your own drum, but you're not actually going out to the com- into community because like we went out, we had the meet and greets. We had one in the Douglas Village in the shop and we had another one in Blackpool Shopping Centre and I, went, I was at them. I went out with the players and stuff like that just to, coordinator or whatever and like the kids lining up like you want to see their faces like the kids like literally meeting yeah. their idols like you know they're yeah. they're in awe like they, they they're like shaking they can't wait and their parents like are there saying like he's been waiting all week for this like you know absolutely delighted and, and that's what it's all about yeah. and in fairness the players are great as well like you know they're so down to earth that like they don't even realise that the kids feel this way yeah. about them you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like you know so just goes to show though the local kind of thing of it like you know they they know they're from Cork as well and they're accessible yeah. and that's a huge thing I think is needs to be tapped into yeah definitely and it's it's something we're definitely conscious about we're looking at maybe going out to West Cork now over the, the Easter holidays because we do have a big West Cork following that come up from from down there every those bus loads come from West Cork if, if yeah. for every game so we're maybe bringing a couple of the players are you sure they're going to Turner's Cross they're going to KC's <laughs> <laughs> once they come to Turner's Cross I don't mind where they're going after that <laughs> but um, yeah there's a big following coming up so again again about getting the, the women's team involved yeah. and stuff like that because even it's we are consciously not targeting women but like women play a big influence in households and stuff like that in regards to what they're doing on a on a, on a Friday night and, and stuff like that. So, like, we're trying to incorporate the whole family, really. Like, not to say, like, I suppose your typical father or son going to a match or just the boys. Like, we mm. want to make it a kind of family occasion and that's something we're working on as well. I think the thing that brings me back to turn across is my dad used to take me out there, you know, and yeah. I, I always have those memories then. Yeah. And I, we, I think we said it like on one of the first podcasts like we said like I remember going on the pitch asking for autographs like to Patsy Vane and Dick yeah. and Daly and stuff and, I, and then like you know you're playing on that pitch then a couple of years later like you know and it's weird like and you're seeing them and they're they're greeting you then saying yeah. oh darn it's even, even I, think I, I joined Cork City I think it was in 2006 
uh, under 17 and I remember the season before that was when you won the league oh, yeah. and I came onto the pitch at half time and John actually you gave me your jumper you were the jumper you were after coming off alright and I think I didn't not... charge you for it <laughs> <laughs> he sent me an invoice there right? last week I don't know <laughs> what that was for <laughs> I owe you he said <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually I think you were the Derek was it number 5, number five jumper yeah, anyway yeah. it was like double XL but I like never took the thing off like in 10 times the week for me but I was absolutely delighted because I was a striker back then and you were like you know to meet the main man like so I was delighted then like we get having the, the, the jump you probably can't even remember right yeah, but like yeah that jumper's in all the pictures yeah so that's after right. that then yeah, yeah, I, yeah I gave yeah. him my jersey yeah so I had to put on a jumper so I got the jumper I think I still have it though my mother's house actually so sure you can go down and give it back there now after <laughs> but like at the time like, that's what I'm saying it's, that's the, at the time you probably didn't think anything of it yeah. but you made my whole year then because I was a 15 year old soccer player yeah. and I got just got John O'Flynn's jumper and there's something so small and you wouldn't think well, that's what I'm saying about the players today like that when they're kind of out there doing it and they don't realise the impact that they're having on the kids and we were trying to kind of do more of it really mm-hmm. like because again, it's huge I think it's part of the contract once you sign a professional contract you know that you're going out and you're helping the club yeah. to build the fan base and in the community like. yeah, and to be fair the players don't even see it like that really like dealing with them they, they're so more than happy to kind of do it like you know yeah. at the right times like so it, it makes my job easier anyway yeah. I'd be delighted if I could ask for an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the best thing ever. And like, like you, current, want my, you want my autograph, like? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's current players as well. It's yeah. hard because I'm obviously working with City in the community now. Yeah. Me and Erica and Chris McDermott go to schools and they're yeah. obviously trying to say, look, John O'Flynn, ex Cork City player, they're all way too young to, mm. to have known back then. Like So yeah. they want to see where's where's the Cork City players who are playing now, like, yeah. you know? So that's the, that's the big impact, like. That's it, and like it's, it's I suppose it's the same. Where it's the players that are on farm or score like Garrod at the moment. Yeah, like he's, yeah. is uh, hugely popular. Daryl O'Connor because he's new and exciting and all that. Like the, you know, the much yeah. we can get these fellas out there, unbelievable. Because like Dar- Garrod was all over social media with those goals that he scored like the after the season. Yeah. Like you know, he was. Everyone wants them. No one wants like the old fellas like Nulty or. Yeah. Getting <laughs> <laughs> in there for Nulty. <laughs> But uh, you're you're a bit of a poster boy yourself, are you? Oh Jesus! Don't get me started on this academy graduate stuff. So <laughs> that, Ar- that. Aaron Howie's a question in here. Yeah, tell us about your poster boy campaign to be the CCFC poster boy for the academy. Yeah, so I'm definitely I have to clear this up anyway because it's been lingering <laughs> on way too long. Um, so when I came in, I I said to, well, I one of the things that I was looking at was the social media pages. So they were getting. I felt there was too much content going on the one page so I said maybe we should branch off the pages so the academy was probably the most obvious one at the start so we set up a new Twitter and academy pages just focused on the Cork City Academy so Declan has been jumping on the bandwagon every single post that's been put up Ring Mahan post my own post he's like <laughs> academy graduates because like it wasn't my idea but I was saying that yeah. it's about setting them up so now Decky like is the tagging academy graduate nifty and <laughs> it's not me behind the post anyway I just want to state that fact indirectly it is though yeah I do, yeah, I do retweet it alright to be fair <laughs> <laughs> Just want to give a little shout out to Owen Donovan there who writes a League of Ireland MSL blog. Have you read any of his blogs? I don't. I haven't actually, but yeah. he's had he's a lot of games there now and just yeah. kind of throw a shout out to yeah. The you know the the run rundown of of after the game. The yeah. Avondale Did game. He do the interviews with the Avondale Rocket managers. Uh, no, he didn't do those. He, he does. He does a match report for me. The recently, yeah, he does. He does. He does, he does uh, all the match reports. So just get like give yeah, he done the match report for that game. Yeah, yeah, but it was a different fellow who done the interview. Oh, I knew. Yeah. I knew I saw the name and that. Yeah. yeah. So and just does. another one as well. There's a game in Castle Island, so they're open George O'Callaghan Park, down in in Kerry. All right. And it's on the 27th of April, so the Irish legends are going playing down there against Castle Island's team or the George O'Callaghan Park. Yeah, Brilliant. I know. Yeah, yeah. And Kerry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like if it was in Blarney, it'd be one thing. But yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it after that George? It, no, it's not it? that George O'Callaghan. It's George, another George O'Callaghan played for years. He, ago. Ray yeah. mentioned that actually today. And, uh, yeah, he'd be down at that. Paul McGrath be down at this now, yeah. and Ronnie oh, Whelan I, I, I and, and Ray Hogan. John Delaney <laughs> might be there so if you want to get yourself a question he's, go looking, down for, there. he's looking for a lift yeah he's looking for a lift yeah if you're looking for a loan head down there <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> no comment John says yeah <laughs> any more questions uh, there was another one came in about obviously with the 
the two Champions League games last night, the VAR again, they were saying Salah could have been sent off in the Liverpool game. A lot of people were saying Man City shouldn't have gotten the penalty. It was missed anyway. But it's what we think of VAR and if you saw the games last night. I was watching the Man City game myself. I was coming back from Wexford. I listened to the news talk and Kenny Cunningham was absolutely cane in it. He was coming for Jim, Jermaine Genus. He was saying that he was part of the, the crew that wanted VAR. Like, and mm. then he was saying that... Oh, Genus was actually... He was fairly embarrassing last night. He was against it then, like against, last night. Against it last night, yeah. Cunningham was so funny. He was like, "You and all your buddies who wanted this part." <laughs> he, he was, he lost the head. Like was, they're all yeah. laughing. At him like, it's the funny thing about the VAR is it's still coming down to an opinion, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. as in, like yeah. some of the some of the decisions, though. To be fair, they're clear and concise, and but like it's, it's still like what I find with the decisions there. Like even the the one United got a couple of weeks ago with the handball. Yeah. Like fellas are there, like um, I know they're going by the rule book when they look at the stuff like that. But one fella was saying that was a definite penalty, and the yeah. next fella was still saying it wasn't a penalty. Or Walker with the, the headbutt, yeah, yeah. no red card, yeah. like those handballs. It's like if you look at in real time, you'd say, yeah. uh, you can get you could give it, but if no one cares, we don't. Yeah. But once you slow it down, look at it. Yeah. You have to give it a penalty. Yeah. Then. It looks so obvious because like, like yeah. his hand is out here, his in the hand. You can't yeah. look at it and then say, oh no, it's not a penalty. But it's it's still coming down to an opinion. Yeah. That's and that's like. I don't think they can do anything else, can they really? Like unless they kind of I think censor maybe, all players up to death, like yeah, you know. I I think maybe it should. Like I watched the NFL now, and I know that game is dragged out and stuff like that. But even something like give teams two decisions each oh, yeah, or something like that, actually, yeah. and like if they get the decision right, like saying the tennis, you keep like, your yeah. challenge or whatever like that. If they like, get it yeah. wrong, they take a sub away. Yeah, so that actually that actually don't, might change it a small bit because they would until be it goes out of play. You yeah. know what I mean? If the, when it goes yeah. out of play, then they could put in their well, challenge you, or whatever like one, that. Like. I, I didn't watch the game, but I saw it on uh, Facebook today. They went back to look at a Porto possible penalty that wasn't given in the end. The game was after going on for about three minutes. Yeah, and even the Porto players were like. How's it gone back? What's what going are, on, what are like, you stopping it for? Like, what's, yeah. what's going on? And he went back. They were looking at a penalty that it wasn't even given in the end, so it was just pointless stopping the game, really. Yeah. So what you're saying is, fans of ICV should bring VAR into the Munster Senior League. <laughs> basically, what you're saying to be three pairs left on the pitch. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Have we got more questions, Rob? There's a load coming in about uh, obviously Cork City's form and. How the League of Ireland season's going so far? Shamrock Rovers flying, Bows flying. I did, I did, well, like, actually, it was at the Rovers game. I meant to yeah. say it to you a while ago. You were saying about uh, them being a top club. They, they're a top club now, according to you, because they beat City the other night. Yeah, I was. They were very good. Rovers very, were very, very, very good. They're very strong in midfield, yeah. like. But the thing is, with the league this year, and another thing that came up in the podcast today was just like. It's been it's been so Cork and Dundalk over the last five years. I actually think it's good for the league that like this year. No, there's Rovers, Dundalk, yeah, Cork, Derry are strong, Bows are strong, Waterford are strong. There's yeah. no not saying there was easy games before, but there is no easy game. No, St. Pat's are, are are coming good as well. It's it's just it makes for a better overall. product yeah. overall. It makes mm. for a better league, and it makes for like because it was probably getting a bit monotonous. And like probably John Caulfield and Stephen Kenny won't complain about it, but it might have been getting monotonous for the kind of the rest of the league really that it was a foregone conclusion yeah, in the cups and the league yeah. that it was going to be like whereas no, you know if it's more competitive and of more games on the line for the whole yeah. season, it's definitely going to make for a better. Product. That has come to me because I I played League of Ireland and I follow it closer than most people. Saying oh who who do you fancy to win now tonight? I'm looking at the fixtures and I don't have a clue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure, like you see, no beaten Waterford four one the other day. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes the team can just like, turn it on as well. Every every now and again, and you see, they are very strong. Like, they've, they've been unlucky. They've been unlucky. They've been unlucky. They'll cause teams various problems up there on that pitch. Like, they've a mm. big pitch up there and they're well able to play. Like, I was speaking to Gamble after the game on Cove on on Saturday, yeah. and he was saying that it, it was they got it back to one all Waterford, but he said. When UCD scored the second, that that was it. Like, yeah, he said they were unbelievable. He yeah, said they were yeah. chipping balls from centre half to the, yeah, the left and right back. And players, yeah. But goes to show a bit of confidence as well, like in the players, like in this. The young, they're young players, I suppose. They're yeah. more fair, really, no fair. Like, but it goes against no them, them like. In another way, if they don't click, they yeah. they try and play to a fault mm. where they'll get caught out. Yeah. But when it clicks, it clicks, and they're you know they're yeah. some good players. I was really impressed with Rovers now, but I was you know I was watch I was kind of watching the warm ups and stuff like that, and I was watching the stuff that they were doing and they were they were sharp they were really sharp and Stephen Bradley was always kind of looking at them and he was kind of you know kind of chirping them on and stuff and 
he's been building that now a while yeah, like and do you know what he it's, was it's, nearly gone like yeah. I'd say like, sure, like yeah. the banner they had the banner out from enough yeah. enough yeah. last year like yeah, yeah it just shows like the whole it's football good, like, goes you know, like, yeah, like if you look at it it's probably chance. a three year plan yeah. you want to go in and implement your tactics and the way you want to play and really yeah. drill it in it has to be three years and it's it's coming it's on three years for him now the time's not in football anymore no you don't get that time not the top level, and that's kind of why they they buy. I think Pep Guardiola was talking the other day, and he was saying like, you know, no underestimation that my budget has got me this this yeah. this far. Like, in if it was a lower team, yes, they wouldn't probably be as successful. But after time, he would get them yeah. playing the way he'd play. Mm. Like he wouldn't change his philosophy, obviously, and try and play. But it'd be interesting to see now if he was down, like you know. In bad pitches and you know, kind of dealing with stuff and playing out from the back, and they were kind of getting lumped. But, with. And did, like that's the, like I'd be for as long as Cork football has been around in Cork City, everyone's championing for young players, let's say, to be brought into the first team, give the young fellas a chance. And Cork City do they do have a young team this year, but a kind of it's a catch twenty two situation in between, like you're trying to challenge for a league. And you know, and bring lads through. And I bring think lads through. Like, right. uh, like Rovers were being lauded f- over the last two yeah. years for bringing the young fellas through, like Brandon Kavanagh and uh, one or two other, uh, Imam uh, Bulger, Aaron Bulger, Aaron is it? Yeah. And like, there's no sign of them this year. Uh, I'd say they didn't have a player under 21 or 22 yeah. on the pitch the other day. They were all kind of seasoned the fellas, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it just goes to show. I know they're serious about the league this year, where the last two years they were being lauded about bringing young fellas through. But they were, they were doing terrible in the league, and now they're bringing. You know, they've an experienced team. They're pushing on for so. What you know, it's but it's a balance in like, it's, like, it's about three. It's about three years, like yeah. before you start implementing stuff. And I take it even down to a lower point is Dennis being a Carrigaline. Yeah, it took him three, three and a half years there now, and you know he has implemented everything into that club that that senior team has, and they got promoted. They won it today. Oh no, they, no, they didn't win it. it. But yeah. they were doing they're they're doing very very well. They're good. They against uh Munster senior league sides in all the cups as well and stuff. Yeah. But it does. But that's just on a small scale. But I, I think I think Cork needs to kind of, it's it it is it is hard to accept as a fan you're kind of losing and stuff. But that's why I'm talking about sustain the club off the pitch first, yeah. and then once the club is kind of sustained off the pitch and you you know you're kind of safe. I think it has to be the way to go. You have to promote Cork players. Yeah. You have to promote Cork young fellas and try and bring them in. Look, if you sell them, you sell them. If you get to Europe, but like if there's a pathway there and then there's a club kind of philosophy, I think that's where it's going to be. And in fairness, the Cork team, it is littered with Cork players, yeah. which is a good thing. Like, But what like happens in, in Cork City, and, and sorry, not to cut across you, but in Irish football, I think as well, is that we have no identity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's managers come into the Irish team and they try to change your identity for a year or two. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then we're back to the new fella's identity. Whereas if you look at Spain, Germany, it doesn't matter who takes over, their identity is there. Spanish, they play football. The yeah. Brazilians, they do. They, they play decent football and, and they have very talented, skillful players. The German play a certain brand of football, no matter what manager is there. And I think, I think that's something that we could learn as a country and our clubs that as well. Was, that was a strange thing because I was involved in the... I was on the under-15 Irish team, I'd say, when the Dutch fella... Rude Doctor, was Rude it? Doctor, when he came in, Vinnie Butler was my manager and we used to play, we played 4-4-2. But then because this Rude Doctor came in, all the underage teams were playing 4-3-3 hmm. with two sitters and a number 10 and trying to play football. And that was grand, but then Giovanni Trapattoni was managing the first team and they were playing 4-4-2, lumping the ball long. It probably so, is something there. The yeah. Irish, the FEA, in fairness, they have got it right over the last couple yeah. of years because the underage teams are flying it at the moment. Yeah. And now, hopefully, with the transition between Stephen Kenny, you know, due to take the job yeah. in a couple of years, that those players like the Adamidas and the Queen Killers, he'll bring them through. Yeah. They'll know how to play, like There's the systems that they're playing on. The the and like you said, it'll be like. Spain identity as in like they're playing the same systems yeah. in the same way all the way through yes, like, and like into the first team with then. Belgium just say uh, yeah. like all those players are nearly the same age I know, they're yeah. all 26 20, 25, 26, 27 they all came through the same yeah. time same system come through and it's just like seamless transition then but I think at league football though, it's, it's a tough one like between bringing young fellas through and trying to challenge for the league then like, like look at Dundalk like they've yeah. zero no Zero young players that they brought through from Dundalk or that came through the Dundalk Academy, I think, yeah. in their actual whole squad. Never mind in the thing, whereas Cork, 
like you've Conor McCarthy, Sean McLaughlin, yeah. Shane Griffin, Garrod, Bucks, you know, all for less that were caught Georgie Poynton was about the only one who came through, but he's even gone he's, he's like, water yeah. now, is it? Yeah. So. It's very hard, it's very hard as well to turn around to a manager and, you know, play the young fellas because exactly. at the end of the day it's his reputation on the line then as well I see it it's catch 22 massively yeah I think Cork, imagine, Cork imagine an all Cork side like playing every weekend and I week out Cork fans give, give you that yeah. leeway though if it is Cork players they think they're they're quicker to jump on like outsiders quote unquote outsiders because like when I when I was coming in if I like if I had a bad game or if I missed a chance I'd never kind of the fans wouldn't, they, they like, wouldn't be yeah. on my back I wouldn't be getting like messages on Twitter now or anything like that. Yeah. But then somebody other like there was a few English lads and even dubs and they'd get a much worse time than I would for mm, kind of yeah. similar things happening. Like yeah. it's very hard to blend in as well. Like you know, like Cork City, they've a couple of lads come in there now and stuff, and they haven't been playing, and you don't know then you're gonna get the best out of them. It's it's diff it's very difficult. It's like us when we were going to the UK. It's very hard to blend in. Like on, yeah. yeah. I think for a young lad now, you need to make your slam or stamp your authority in pre-season and you got to work yeah. your bollocks off to, to get a shot once the season starts that's it you near enough have your team your squad sorted and it's hard to get in and out especially the, the likes yeah. of Cork the likes of Dundalk the likes of Rovers because you're going for the league week in week out you need to win yeah. it's like when the you when you're third up, yeah. or fourth and you're, the season's petering out there might be six or seven games left then you might play the young lads again then they get a chance then they do well and they're coming into next season so it's the start and uh, the end of the season really is when you see young lads coming yeah, through. You don't get, you I, don't I, get I it. I think it's a different pool as well. Like in Cork, you know, the, like I think there's so many choices and so many clubs in Dublin that like, and there's so many pool of players up there that it's hard in Cork like to draw, even though it's a huge club, you know, to be like, to be challenged for yeah. a, a Jack Byrne or, you know what I mean? Whereas he's from Dublin and he come home and like say, even if Cork City say matched his money, he's probably going to stay in Dublin just because he, he's yeah, from Dublin and there's so many choices of clubs in Dublin yeah. and every second game is like a home game because they're only playing them road and I think yeah. even going back to, to why do we were talking about playing for a cove like it, it makes it even more difficult because every single match is way up the country every mm. second week yeah. Yeah. whereas if you're playing the first division up in Dublin and let's say you weren't getting a whole lot of money or whatever like that every game is like a home game because Gives most them of the games are around Dublin and, that, like, yeah. and you're it's not like taking having half league, days off work and all that yeah, like, I, exactly I in Cove I was working full time and every second week you're taking a half day from work but you're still you're up at 6 o'clock in the morning starting at 7 yeah. working till 1 and then you're on a bus for 3 yeah. or 4 hours so your, leg, your legs can't get going for a game yeah. properly and like at if, all like. if Cork are trying to attract a player from Dublin let's say and like even if they're probably a club in Dublin offer if Cork were offering a hundred or more let's say or whatever it might be like he'd probably stay in Dublin just because it's the convenient just to yeah. stay there like you know what I mean so it's a it's a tough one there again. That's where the big pool of players are because that's where the majority of clubs are are like yeah, you know they're getting a chance to develop as well over a longer period. You yeah. might have, you might have a twenty twenty or nineteen twenty twenty one year old here, who like doesn't make it into Cove's team or something. He's gone. Yeah. Whereas he could go up to Bowes or Rovers or Atlone or something like that. Like you know, fall into another thing. And then he's twenty three, twenty four. Then he's one of the best players in the league. Do you know that kind of way? And I actually met up with Huggy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just for lunch after I got the job just to kind of have a chat with him or whatever you and definitely bought that in there <laughs> yeah I did actually you <laughs> <laughs> me hug but um, now you speak to him about this when that's, I why actually... he, that's why he's missing this week <laughs> 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 you know I'd be hunting him down but um, when I left Cork I was kind of in that dilemma like I like I could have maybe went to a cove like I probably wasn't good enough to play with like let's say another high up Premier uh, League of Ireland team but I could have maybe had a shot at going to a Cove or a Limerick or a Waterford who weren't you know doing great at the time either but I said to Hoggy like I was like I was in back my mind about going back to college and stuff like that and like I was look I probably knew I wasn't going to be making a living out of it at that stage so I went back to college and t took that route and I said to Hoggy I'm probably 10 years on now from where I would have been let's say if I lingered around the first divisions for the next five or six years and probably know I'd only be going back to college and maybe gain the experience that I've gotten the jobs of that I've had since then like you know so mm. it's a it's a tough one like when mm. it's especially in or maybe in England it's a different story because I suppose you, you know down, like, you can go down the ranks in non-league there and you could still make a good living like yeah, yeah. you know what I mean the championship player there like they're all millionaires as well you know what I mean like so yeah. it's a like where it is in Ireland it's a 
it's a small window in England, but it's an even smaller yeah, window yeah. in Ireland. Like. Uh, oh. There was a question for you about the time you got sent off and celebrated with your jersey over your head. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I remember that. We were one all with Sligo, and it was kind this of... This is with Cove or City? This is with Cove. Ball comes in. Do you know what, actually, talking about the mentality stuff, and that, like, it was one of those moments where I had it in my head that we had to win the game. We were one all. I was like, right, I'm going round the back stick there now, and it's going to come to me. And I knew it. I just, it was, it was hard to describe. Look, I've, had, I've probably done it a couple of times, but I was like, this ball's coming over. It's co- it comes over, and it lands on my foot. Touch, first touchdown, bang, into the net, 2-1. But I was on a yellow card already. And sure, like, I it was, I think it was around the last, the, it was definitely the last kind of minutes anyway, but took off my jersey anyway, down the side, screaming, <laughs> delighted, like, getting the, the winner or whatever. Sure, the ref came over then, had to give me a second yellow. I didn't know that it was a second yellow. I think it was just new in around then. After the game, to be fair, he came into the dressing room and he said, Listen, sorry about that. That I had to send you off. Like it's, have it, you had to do it. Like so, fair play to him. To be honest, um, it was the one I got, time I read that wrong. So I just thought you got sent off, took your top off, that's and started waving your jersey around. Like the way the question was sent in, that's what I thought happened. Yeah, yeah. No. I thought it was one of those like clapping at the riff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it no, is crazy. No, that so face. it could have happened. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So that's one of the stories. Yeah, yeah. Right. Very good. That's Did all apologize tonight. Did the ref apologize here? Because he heard that you offered another ref out, out on the Saturday night outside, or was it before that? <laughs> that was one of uh, my amendments, John. Oh, okay. Oh, I like it. <laughs> but uh, no, look, uh, thanks for coming on the show there tonight, Paul. Uh, I really appreciate less. it. I never introduced John O'Flynn or Robbie Han we or Darren Murphy yeah. tonight. Because Hoggy wasn't here, maybe that's why it was kind of bouncing <laughs> Hoggy off. Hoggy does him. keep stuff in the straight and narrow like Yeah, he does, and he kind of keeps us in line. Yeah. We're kind of out of bit, out bit of sad like like without like, him. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just want to thank everyone again for uh, listening in and sharing and liking and retweeting our stuff. Um, it is, there's been massive comeback on it, even the live videos there and all stuff. And look, we want to do it. We want to do it and keep it going and, and build up Cork football as much as we can trying to dip into the underage there now as well because they need a platform as well. So, look, the only way we're going to go forward is if we get supported. So anything you can do, is all it is at the end of the day is a button on a phone or, you know, press a like or a share or let, let a friend know. And, uh, yeah, we'll try to get around to as many games and stuff and clubs and stuff as possible. Thanks for listening in to episode 13. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lads. <laughs>